when you're down and trouble and you need some love and care and nothing well nothing is going right close your eyes and think of me and soon I will be I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio Studio, home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Long ago, Bowler's Journal International called Phantom Radio a pioneer in the field of bowling podcasts because the show is regularly scheduled at the same time each week. PBA Hall of Famer Len Nicholson started the show in 2002. Since then, he's recorded over 1,100 shows featuring over 400 different guests, a literal who's who in bowling. So, Phantom fans, let's welcome our host, Len Nicholson, the Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world. Well, Phantom fans, we've done it again. We've gone into the history books to pay tribute to another all-time superstar. And to talk about this great Hall of Famer, is another great player from Southern California who has been here many times before. And not only was he a two-time Southern California Bowler of the Year and a 10-time Southern California All-Star, but he is also a history buff and knows more about bowling than most of the members of the PBA. So let's get Mr. Larry Gray out here so he can talk about the great Don Johnson. Hello, Larry, and welcome back to the show. Hello, Phantom. Glad to be back. Well, it's always good to talk to you. And, uh, you know, we, we, we've been doing these old-timers, so to speak, and they're really popular. And uh, you and I talk a lot, uh, usually during the week, about a lot of different subjects. But this fellow, Don Johnson's name has come up a couple times. And I asked you if you wanted to, to talk about him. You said certainly. And, you know, I mentioned in the opening that you were going to talk about him. There's a lot there. So where do you want to start, Pards? Well, yeah, Don Johnson was absolutely one of my greatest bowling heroes growing up. You know, I watched him bowl when I was a kid and everything, and uh, he, he was an absolute superstar. So for some of your younger listeners that don't know much about him, you know, he won 26 titles. He was... Uh, he won at least one one title every year from 66 to 77, 12 years in a row. He's voted the eighth greatest player of the 20th century. And, I mean, I could go on and on. He, he was bowling year in 71 and 72, and that's really when I started, uh, you know, watching all the time. And I'd go down to the local uh, PBA tournaments uh, in Southern California, and I, I just – was amazed on just how good that guy really was. And he, you know, he, he started throwing a plastic ball when nobody was throwing a plastic ball, like 71 or 72. And after watching him, I went, I got my first plastic ball and went down there and bought one because he was having so much success. And uh, he really put Columbia on the map, the success he had in the early seventies with it, with his famous uh, caramel white dot. So, yeah, he, he, he was an absolute superstar. He sure was. You know, uh, I've mentioned this to you before, but 
it, it has to be mentioned, uh, when I first got involved with the PBA, uh, Billy was my, Billy Hardwick was my buddy, and I took vacation. I went down in 1963 and watched him at the showboat. And uh, then when I got involved working with the PBA, basically I was just traveling around in 1970, and I was at the showboat again. I says, what do you want me to do? He says, look around, watch these guys, Billy told me. So I went down and watched Carmen Salvino, and he was putting on his act. And I, I went back, I, I, I told Billy about Carmen, hitching up his pants and all that. He says, well, you, you got to go watch this guy, Don Johnson. And so I said, all right. So I went over and watched him for about 15 minutes. And I went back and I said, Billy, I don't know, that guy's he's all over the place. He says, what do you mean? I said, well, I know it's practice session, but he'd throw a couple balls uh, on the one or two board. And then he'd move into the fourth arrow, throw some in there and, Moved back to the second arrow. He was all over the place. <laughs> he just looked at me like I was Dummy Wilson, you know. He says, "You'll learn." <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he, he, he really... was. He was one of the best at making the adjustment. Like you said, I mean, he could play fourth arrow, move out to the gutter. Uh, he was. He wasn't afraid to take chances on moving his moving his line, trying to find out where the best shot was. He he was one of the greatest at that. Boy, for sure. All right, what up? you got a story or something? What do you want to talk about? Yeah, I got I got a couple stories here on when I first met him. I, first of all, I, you know, I, I don't want to claim that I knew him, you know, nearly as well as you did or, you know, Larry Litstein or Barry Asher or all the guys that bowled in that era. You know, I, I didn't really know him that well, but, you know, I, I, I talked to him quite a few times before he quit the tour and he was just so nice, but, uh, uh, maybe I can give a little perspective, a little different perspective. Cause I, I didn't know him that well, but the, I'll never forget the, the first time I met him, uh, I was bowling this all American youth, uh, bowling championship. It was a tournament national tournament they had for high school seniors and you qualified in your state. And if you, if you won the tournament in your state, they had a national tournament, like 50, you know, 50 guys, one from each state, bowled this national tournament. And boys and girls division, it was, it was a big deal at that time, and they gave away scholarships. So I, I got to go back to Washington, D.C. Now, this was 1972, uh, 18, a high school senior. Now, you know, Don Johnson had just been bowler year, and he was about to be bowler year again that year. So he was, he was the best bowler on the planet. So we bowl at this Fairlane's house in Washington, D.C., just an absolute dungeon. I mean, they were so tough. For, for the guys' division in my tournament, it only took a 190 average for six games to make the top six. You know, and these were some of the best juniors at that time. They they, they were brutal conditions. So anyway, I bowled the tournament six games, and we bowled six games in match play. I wound up second. I had a chance to win the tournament couple games to go both bad the last two wound up second got a scholarship everything so this tournament was sponsored by the pba so they they sent over uh dave davis and don johnson and when we right when we got done they went out and bowled a two-game uh exhibition match and so the last game i was bowling you know Don and, and Dave were back there. I saw them. So, you know, I, I knew they had watched me bowl that last game. So anyway, I was standing back on the concourse and I watched them bowl and they, the lights were so tough. 
I don't think either they bowled two games apiece. I don't think either one of them shot a game over one eight. So now they're getting done, and Don Johnson he's packing up his stuff and everything, and he, I'm standing up there on a concourse. He comes walking up the aisle from the settee area out there, and he and he sees me. He sticks his hand out, shakes my hand, and he says, "Congratulations, young man." He goes, "You bowled really well out there." And he goes, I'm glad I didn't have to bowl in this condition. He goes, I bowled two games out there. He goes, I couldn't find nothing. He goes, this is some of the toughest conditions I ever bowled on. He goes, you know, you bowled really well. I go, well, you know, I go, I didn't bowl too good the the last last couple games and kind of disappointed I didn't win. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, you got nothing to be disappointed about. He says, this is like the toughest condition I ever bowled on. And I'm glad I didn't have to bowl the tournament in just gave me encouraging words and we talked for a little bit and and uh he says well you know maybe maybe i'll uh maybe i'll see you out on tour one of these days you know so i i was on absolute cloud nine i mean i i won a scholarship we got a private tour of the white house and got the ball on president nixon's private lanes in the basement but the biggest thrill was talking to Don Johnson and shaking his hand. That that was the biggest thrill the whole weekend. That had to be a thrill. He was a conversationalist. He wasn't bashful. You know, for him to encourage you like that, that was really being a pro, which he always was. You know, uh, uh, the one thing that I remember the most about Don Johnson was watching him bowl, making critical adjustments. Like you said earlier, he he wasn't afraid to ever move. And that one string he had at the Firestone where he's in the top five, like five years in a row. Uh, yeah, I, I just looked that up uh, just real quick. From 1967 to 71, five years straight at the Firestone, he finished second, second, fifth, first, and second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they they asked him the press. They had a big uh, press conference up there every, every year at the Firestone, and uh, one of the uh, press guys said to uh, Larry, he says, uh, I mean, said to, to uh, Don, he says, Don, you know, why are you so successful up here? He says, I watched you bowl several games and, you know, you only hit the pocket like six times. And some of these other guys, they were hitting it eight, nine times a game. And he said <laughs> something I'll never forget. He said, it's not how often you hit the pocket. It's how you hit the pocket. And nobody really knew what he was talking about. But the other guys that were going to be on that show with him kind of looked at him like, wow, I never thought about that. <laughs> and these guys were pros. Yeah. So he was yeah. way ahead of his yeah. time. He was. He he knew all everything about entering angle and roll and, you know, entry into the pocket to get the carry. Because, you know, back back then, he's like, you know, when he got on a roll, he, he just had the, the carry that nobody had because he was so smart. He knew the exact angle and and uh, roll on the ball to, to create the, the best carry. I mean, I, I used to watch him down here in Southern California, and he used to kill him all the time. And it was just it was just amazing on the, the quick adjustments he could make. And, and then he, he would start carrying, and he would just, you know, reel off 230, 240, 250, 220, just game after game after game. And I used to stand back and watch on the concourse and, I saw the rookies coming up, and I saw the old timers, and yeah, you know, I'd watch a guy get five or six ringing tens in a row, 
and he'd come walking <laughs> back after. He said, I can't carry. I shot a buck 80, you know. I said, why didn't you move? Well, because I had the pocket. <laughs> well, you know, I just looked at Don, and he was just moving around. Like you said, averaging 230, 240. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what else you got? You got any more stories? Yeah, I got one. So, you know, so I first met him in 72, and then that kind of gave me the inspiration. I wanted to be a pro at that time, but, you know, I wasn't good enough. But, uh, you know, just the words, encouraging words when I talked to him, I, I kind of made up my mind then I'm going to do everything I can to try to go out on the tour. So now fast forward three years, 1975, I, I was bowling uh out the tournaments i didn't have a sponsor or nothing but i i would bowl the the tournaments out here on the west coast you know a few in the winter and a few in the the summer tour so the summer of 75 i'm a rookie it's like my sixth tournament and i haven't made the finals yet we we bowl up in uh saratoga lane the san jose so i i want to make the finals really bad you know this is like the sixth tournament I've cashed a couple times. I haven't made the final. So we're bowling up there. We bowl the first block and we got a, I got a pretty good shot. I I think I was in like 10th after the first block. So now we come back in the night block and the lanes are hooking quite a bit and I'm not making quite the adjustment. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. And, you know, I I had a pretty bad temper. You well know back then, especially, and I'm getting, I'm getting frustrated and that's, you know, I, Scores are going down. I'm, I'm falling off. And it's about the fifth game now. Don Johnson's bowling to the left of me. And he, he's bowling pretty good, but, you know, I'm not paying attention. And about the fifth game, I'm, I'm fried. <laughs> uh, I, I know I'm not going to make the finals, you know, even in the second block. And so I, I'm I'm getting really, really upset. So sometime in the fifth game, I, I leave something. I come back, and there's uh, uh, the scores – uh, chair, you know, like the the scorekeeper was sitting there, and there was a you know a vacant chair sitting next to him. So I come off the approach, and I push that chair with my foot way harder than I intended to, <laughs> and it goes slide it goes sliding across the settee area, crashes into the wooden benches back there, makes a huge noise, and I. <laughs> I look around, and here is Don Johnson in the middle of his approach on the first eight strikes. <laughs> he he stops himself, you know. He he, he doesn't throw the shot. He, he he you know grabs the ball in the middle of his approach. And I'm God, I mean, it, so many thoughts went through my mind in a split second. I'm thinking, oh my God! First of all, he's going to come over here and punch me in the face. Then he's going to call the tournament director down. I'm going to get fined. I'll probably get suspended. I mean, I, I just so many things went through my mind so fast. So, I, you know, I, I turn around. He's at the foul line. I'm thinking, oh, God, here it comes. He turns around. He walks back, and he's laughing. <laughs> and he, he doesn't directly look at me, but he, he says, you got to watch these rookies. You never know when they're going to catch you in your approach. <laughs> and he's laughing. He never came over and, you know, chewed me out. I mean, I, I I didn't even, after it happened, I didn't even have the courage to go over there and apologize to him. I just wanted to crawl inside the ball return. 
And he never did anything. He got back up there and threw the ninth strike, as you know, just like the pro he was. And he never called the tournament director down. I never got fined. If it had been anybody else in the whole field, you know, I would have got fined. I would have got, you know, uh, the tournament director would have come down there and chewed me out. And, and all. he never did anything. But, uh, you know, that's that's the type of guy he was. He, you know, nothing ever bothered him. And uh, I, I got to know him, you know, quite a bit better in the few years to follow and he was always just so nice to me, always word, you know, encouraging words and this and that. And uh, just such a great guy. But, uh, yeah, I'll never forget that. God, what what did I do? You know, I got the, one of the all-time greats, and, and I'm catching him <laughs> slamming a chair against the, the seats <laughs> on the first date. So I, I kind of learned my lesson there. And, uh, <laughs> be careful what you're doing. <laughs> So, all right. Hey, I'm looking at the clock, Bart. They got about two minutes left. And I bet you have one more story for us. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I mean, if the people that aren't under over 60, they probably don't remember this. But, you know, when he shot that 299, the tournament champion in 1970 uh, voted the best moment ever uh, in the PBA. I mean, I, I was watching it live and, uh, uh, it was, I was on the edge of my seat. It was just absolute unbelievable moment in bowling. But the greatest thing, I think, in Don's mind, when he won his last title in 1977, it was in New Orleans. He qualified fifth. It was his son Jimmy's eighth birthday. They interviewed him before he bowled, and he goes, I got to, you know, he goes, I told my son that I was going to try to win this, this tournament for him because it was his birthday. So Don went all the way, qualified fifth. He had to bowl Phantom against Mark Ross, Cliff McNeely, who was a really good player out there, Marshall Holman, and Earl Anthony. Okay, <laughs> I mean, that's about as tough as a TV final field as you can get. He shot 230, 230, 240, 230. He shot 9.50. For the four games, and he punched out in the ninth and tenth to lock it up against Earl Anthony, and he said that was one of the most uh, satisfying wins he ever had. And he said uh, they quoted him as saying he had to remind himself two or three times each game, "I gotta win, I gotta win this thing for for my son Jimmy." So out of all the tournaments he won, you know that was probably in his mind was the most gratifying to go through a field of bowlers like that. And to shoot those scores, and uh, I, I remember watching that tournament too. And uh, he he just clutched out every game, and to shoot the 950 for four, it it, it was absolutely amazing. That that was his last title in 1977. Then he yeah he moved to Vegas, and he wound up being a great instructor, and uh, was was always willing to help people. But uh, he had quite a quite a career as a as an instructor there in, in Vegas for many years too. So yeah, that's uh, that. That's you know, like I say, I mean, I, I I didn't know him really as well as a lot of the pros, but uh, he made a huge impression on me as, as a kid growing up and everything. And an absolute ambassador to the game, and, and a real superstar. You know, we we really missed him when he passed in what was that 2003, I think. 
You mentioned a lot of things. Uh, we could talk for another hour about him, but one thing I want to point out about that last uh, TV show he was on, uh, all those names were famous except for the one guy, Cliff McNeely, but nobody really realized how great he was. He was Rookie of the Year. Oh, yeah. And he was, he was Rookie tough. of the Year, yep. Yep. He was really good. You know, he, he was a couple years older than me. You know, he's from the Bay Area up there. And, uh, uh, you know, so I knew him. I knew who he was uh, from junior days. Um, he was just getting out of juniors when I was starting to hit my stride. But, uh, yeah, he, he, he was really, really good. If he'd have kept with it, he, you know, he'd have, he'd have won uh, a bunch of titles. But he, he had a, a great physical game and, and a really good guy, too. For sure. Well, Phantom fans, I can't believe how quickly the time flies in this show. And fortunately, our sponsors are giving us a little bit of overtime this week. Because of the great Don Johnson and Larry Gray did a wonderful job of talking about him. So please tune in again next week. We'll have another outstanding guest to talk to for Phantom Radio. This is a Phantom. When you're down and troubled and you need some love and care and nothing. Oh, nothing is going right Close your eyes and think of me And soon I